This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church. We're about to dive into the Word of God today. And so open your Bibles, get your Bibles out, and uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 3. We are in the last part of this sermon series, Triggers. This is part 4, and um, I am super excited. Sorry, we're not going to go to Philippians 3. That's my last verse. Um, Sorry about that. We are going to go to... Here we go. I'm getting down there. I'm, Efe- I'm sorry, not Ephesians either. I'm going to get it right today. Um, but Exodus chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 1. Let me open this up in prayer, and I'm going to meet you there. Um, and so, yeah, once again, uh, triggers part 4. Um, and uh, let me pray, and then I'm going to kind of share the main thought for today, the main part of this message. And so, Father, we thank you today for your holy word. Change us. Let it be sown on good soil, God, and let your word be engrafted in our soul today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody said amen. All right, so today triggers, right? Part four, and we're going to talk about, um, like, the thought here is triggered to return. And so many times we're triggered, and um, the enemy will use it to cause us to want to go back to old way of life, old ways, whatever it is. But it's very interesting when we're triggered by something, even in its nature, it's kind of looking back. It's kind of bringing something back, right? It's like taking something from the past and we feel it today. And like we said a couple weeks ago, how sometimes triggers can be positive where it brings a beautiful moment of our past into our present. And it's awesome, you know, whether it's a song, um, a person, a scent, many times those things take what happened and they bring it to the present. And then it should um, cause us to make decisions that are good, right? And so that, that kind of, like if it's a person, it's like, oh man, I need to, do something for that person when they did this for me back in the day or, you know, what, however, but, but it elicits some sort of type of action, as my wife said last week. And so, but today I, I want to talk about just how, though we're on the negative side, how we're triggered to return, but how in and through this, God is still doing something. And here, here's the counter to that is learning to move on with God, or let me say it a different way, learning to move forward with God right? Uh, Or let me say it a different way, learning to press into the future uh, with God, the the future that God has for you, okay? Not getting stuck in the past, all right? And so part of walking with God is learning to press on. Can I get an amen? It's learning to press on through stuff, right? Press on through with God, when trials happen, okay? And so if we look at this, um, I'm gonna meet you in Exodus 16 in just a minute, but if you look at the children of Israel, right? They're they're rejoicing, singing, and dancing when they got out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea and their enemies uh, drowned in the sea, 
And so they're rejoicing on the other side of their deliverance. They were delivered. They were set free. They were, you know, the Bible, the, the analogy here is baptism is represented, representative of, of baptism, right? Our bat water baptism, right? We New life, you know, uh, God washes away our sins, right? And, uh, you know, we're washed, we're buried, uh, our old way of life. You know, Egypt is behind us. The, the sinful life is behind us. The slavery of sin is behind us. Okay, uh, but interesting though, once they left Egypt, right? The, the positive thoughts didn't last long, okay? And so um, chronologically speaking, it was only a month and a half after coming through the Red Sea that the children of Israel started to complain again, okay? Somebody say triggered, okay? They were triggered. They were triggered. And so let's do this. Let's go into Exodus chapter 16, verse one. Okay, and as you're turning there, or if you're there, uh, say this with me. Say, I, I'm, I'm moving on with the Lord. Say this with me. Say, I'm pressing on with the Lord. All right, here we go. Exodus 16, verse one. And they journeyed from Elam. This is after they got to the Red Sea. It's a month, they're a month and a half in the wilderness. And here it is. And they journeyed from Elam. And all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin. Somebody say wilderness, all right, which is between Elam and Sinai. Um, and on the 15th day of the second month, somebody say a month and a half, uh, after they departed from the land of Egypt, okay? Verse two, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Somebody say triggered. Okay, verse three, this was the cause of their trigger. And the children of Israel said to them, oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this assembly <clears throat> with hunger. Okay, so there was a lack of food, there, a trial, and that triggered them. They're like, man, we need to go back. I'm done with this wilderness stuff, right? They were, you know, a month and a half early, they're singing and dancing. Um, you know, not too long after that, they're complaining because they're in a trial. They're in a test. They're in a process. Not everything is perfect, and it triggered them. The environment, the situation triggered them, triggered them, threw them off enough to say, man, we should have died in Egypt, Right? You know, and, and this wasn't the only time that they were triggered in this way and saying, you know, that, that they wanted to go back. We ought to go back to Egypt, man. Moses, you're horrible. Let's go back, right? So the point is here, and here's my first point, is that trials trigger us, okay? That, that's what they do, okay? They, they kind of, they expose things in us. They Trials seem to bring things to the surface that um, just, we don't see until the trial comes. We don't see what's in us until the pressure's on. Can I get an amen? All right, and so, so trials trigger us. And so when we're triggered, um, as we see here in this specific situation, is there, there, there's a few things that happen in, in a trial. Now, I'm speaking of, when I'm, we've talked about triggered in a lot of different ways, but today I'm speaking of in your walk with God, your journey with God, your obedience to God, your, you, you following Jesus, in that journey of obedience, in your walk of freedom with God, there are going to be trials. 
and those trials will trigger you. And so when we are in a trial, these things happen to us to some degree, okay? So when we're triggered, just like the children of Israel, what happens? What, what, what is the devil trying to get us to do? And that is this. He's trying to get us to question what God has done, okay? In our past and up to that point and, and where he's brought us. Like, we're like, wait a minute. I don't know if I should be here. And, you know, they, they're actually in the will of God. Like, they're out of slavery, okay? And they're, they're marching on to the promised land, or at least that's God's intention for them. So it's not that God's not with them, but just because God is with them doesn't mean they're not going to go through a trial. And here they are in a trial, and they start to question where they are and what God has done or whether God has done anything. And, and, I, and I believe, if we're honest, we can, we can all testify to that. Here's, the other, here's another thing, is we start to blame others for our condition. When a trial comes in our nature, we, 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 we must arrest that that propensity to blame other people for our condition, trial, whatever. And they started to blame Moses and Aaron, okay? And then here's the other thing, and we're really gonna talk about this today, is when we are in a trial and we're triggered, if we're not careful, and this is what happened to them, is we lose vision for the future. We lose vision where we don't see. We, 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 we're, we're blinded to what God is doing and we just see the condition. We see we're blinded by the circumstance. We're blinded by the condition. We're blinded by uh, the situation. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll begin to live in and through a rear view mirror. And so a rear view mirror. And that's what the children of Israel started to do. And I said, they started to look back, um, you know. And so um, when, when things get rough and disorienting, okay, uh, the, the predictability of the past starts to look pretty good, okay. But here's the point. The past is over. We're not there anymore. It's only we see it in the rearview mirror, okay? And so um, uh, there's this, uh, this I, I was in studying for this message, I read an article about uh, the children of Israel. It's like this um, article online, just somebody wrote an article about the children of Israel and their own story of, of not looking back, right? Not looking back. And so they, they quoted this particular singer. I don't know anything about this particular singer, but it's part of the whole... Um, like contemporary Christian music. I'm not a, I don't listen to a lot of like contemporary Christian music, but you know, like Christian radio stuff per se. So I don't, but this person's name, the, the writer of the song, you might know who it is. I don't know, but Sarah Groves, I don't, I personally, I, I'm, I'm sure I might've heard a song by her, but um, I, I wanted to put the quote of this song in here. I don't even know what song it is, but it really kind of speaks to, um, to what we're talking about today. And here's the song, it, the lyric of that song says, I've been painting pictures of Egypt, leaving out what it lacked. The future seems so hard, and I want to go back, right? So that, that was a lyric by Sarah Groves. And so there it is. The children of Israel started to look at this stuff, and man, they were blinded, blinded 
um, they could not see where God was taking them. And if we're not careful, this is what can happen in trials, okay? So um, when when we uh, chronically, now now um, look in a rear view mirror, let me, just, let me just say this and then I'll kind of explain. But when we chronically look or live our life through a rear view mirror, if, if we're honest, okay? If we're honest, there's an aspect of our faith, okay? that was resting in something from the past that has changed. Because, because we've, li- we, we've lost something, like where we're trying to go back. It's like if, 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 if we're, uh, we have no hope for the future, and our whole perspective is that rear view mirror, there's something we're tied to back there, we were trusting in back there that has changed and we're missing it. Nothing wrong in a sense, with the rear view mirror, right? Every vehicle has one, right? A, a middle one, then they got the two on the side, right? Like you literally can't parallel park without a rear view mirror, right? Um, but now we got the camera and stuff, right? So we don't really use our rear view mirrors as much as we used to. But the point is that that to look back, to, to, to see that, to glance, right? So I remember even as a teenager taking my driving test, I knew that I have to be looking at the road if I want to pass this test. But I did also know, according to uh, DMV, you know, uh, state of California, whatever. One of the things is they want they'll test you on is are you, do you do you check the rearview mirror, like even as you're driving, not going in reverse, but as you're driving to pass that test. I knew I had to be. They were going to watch my eyes. Not that I was frantically, you know what I mean? But that I was in the, in the process of driving that I would from time to time at least check it. Like that's part of my driving. I am aware, I'm looking. So just our life, there's nothing wrong looking in the rearview mirror. We can learn from our past. Can somebody say amen? We can learn from other people's past. We can make adjustments, but we don't live there. Like if I was driving my car, and I only, I was just um, focused on the rearview mirror, I'm gonna crash. It's not gonna go good, I'm not gonna get anywhere. Can I get an amen? And when we look at that rearview mirror, there's something, if we're honest, there's something back there that we're tied to that we're, we haven't been freed of yet. When we're triggered, and, and, and it causes us to just speak only negative about the present, negative about the future, just doubt and unbelief all around, but man, back then, remember that? You know what I mean? Uh, that is a sign that we need to let something or someone go. Can I get an amen? So as a Christian, right, our narrative, um, our language, I'm talking as a believer, I'm talking about a person of faith now, all right? Because we are believers. Come on, somebody. And we are people of faith. And we are of the faith and we believe in God. And so if that is who we are, then the narrative of our life, our language um, can't always be about what was, you know, the good old days. You know, um, if we can't, it can't always just be, hey, Remember when? Come on now. Um, or, or whatever happened to? Or man, uh, you know. And once again, there, there's nothing wrong with 
having a conversation about remember when. There's really nothing wrong with going, man, whatever happened to so-and-so or whatever happened to that or, man, I sure miss that. Or, uh, you know, uh, nothing wrong with having them conversations and reminiscing, right? Or maybe remembering. Uh, but when we are vexed and plagued in the present, unsure, no faith for the future, and all we do is rehearse what happened before COVID, I'm telling you, we need a fresh infusion of faith from God uh, because God is taking you somewhere. Um, God has something for you, right? And so um, the, the children of Israel, this generation never stopped looking at the rearview mirror. And guess what, guys? Our Bible tells us that they died in the wilderness. When it got tough, they looked back, okay? And, and uh, this is my encouragement to you, that yes, um, trials trigger us, okay? But here's my next point, is you must refuse to live in the past. And I, I use that word refuse because it, it must be an act of our will. I refuse to live back there. Nothing wrong with reminiscing, nothing wrong with talking about the good old days. But if all we talk about is the good old days, I'm telling you, if you are walking with God, your future is better than your past. It is how God works. It is only gonna get better. Why? Because, and look, I'm not just talking about this life. I'm saying that we have a future with God in eternity that's gonna be way better than anything we've experienced in this earth. And we are people of faith and we must keep a eternity in view. All right, and so here, let's look at another verse here. Speaking of a certain group of the children of Israel, speaking of the children of Ephraim, okay? It's one of the tribes. But look at Psalm 78, verse seven to eight. Just two verses here. Here we go, I'm gonna read it quickly. Uh, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Verse eight, and may not be like their fathers, okay? A stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit, speaking of what's on the inside, we ended last week talking about learning to live a healthy interior life, okay? The hidden person of the heart saying, and whose spirit, their insides, the core of who they were, were not faithful to God, and whose spirit was not faithful to God, okay? Let's continue here. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They turned back in the day of battle. They were armed, they were in their position, they were part of God's people. And we see here that something on the inside, okay? It says they were stubborn, rebellious. They had issues, just like every other human being on the earth. But they allowed those things to trigger them, if you will, and to keep them from moving forward. And they did not keep covenant with God. And here's the point. As we're talking about this, 
They, they turned back in the day of battle. When the situation was tough, they turned back. We must refuse, refuse to live in the past. I got one more verse here, and I'm going to talk to you for a bit. But here we go. Luke 9, verse 62. This is what Jesus told his disciples. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let me read it again, folks. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And so in this, in the economy of God, right, in the, in the nature of God, in the, in, the, in the call of the church, in the Christian faith, or I should say the Christian's faith, like in this thing called Christian, this thing, being a Christian, it's like this forward thinking thing, this, this future thing, this, that we are people of faith. And, and here God, Jesus is saying, look, if, if we look back, if we, if we focus on back there, like we're, we're, we're not going to be fit for what God's called us to do. This is like in the, 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 the very essence of walking with God is pressing forward, is forward movement. You know what I'm saying? Um, check that rear view mirror, but don't, don't focus on the rear view mirror. You know what I'm saying? It's a reference. It's a tool, but it is not our absolute focus. All right. And so when we're triggered, like I said, this is one of the things um, that the devil will try to do in, in, in tempting us, right, in our vulnerable areas is to pull us back. And look, and I want to say this to you, like this just isn't about people going back into the sinful life or like the deep, dark sin that you came out of. Sometimes it's like just living in the past, like, you know, just having that kind of, um, there's no faith for the future. It's just your, your faith has been diluted and watered down and you're just like, yeah, I just don't know if this is going to work out either. And man, this is just, you know, this is all going down the drain. And like, you know, and, and, and when we are looking in that rearview mirror, it, there's something in us that we must be honest about. There's something that we must be honest about. Because <clears throat> I, want, I want to tell you something here. We're, we're, we're moving forward. Can I get an amen? We're, we're, we're going into what God's called us to do. We are pressing forward. We are hopeful for the future in what God has for us. And so this word fit, okay, it just, it, it's not necessarily meaning like, like being physically fit, right? Like for the task, okay? So this Greek word, okay, um, euthetos, okay? That's this Greek word, fit. If you look back, you're not fit. What's he saying? And this is what this word fit means. It means to be well-placed, okay? It means more to kind of be fitted, like, like positionally. It's more of a positional word, not... Um, like um, being like equipped or built per se, it means that you are in the right place. So what is he saying? That when we look back, 
We lose our place. We lose our true position. And in not being positioned right, we are not fit to do what God's called us to do. I'm telling you, I, I, I've been a, a pastor for a little while, walking with the Lord, been around some Christians, trying to help people. Uh, for the most part of my life, spiritually trying to help people and, and walk with them through their stuff. And um, folks that have become enamored by that rear view mirror, I hope you understand the analogy by now, but they're enamored by it. They're locked into it. I'm telling you, they don't move forward in what God's called them to do. They're literally stuck in the past, all right? And so it also means this. It means to be fit because well-adapted. Or here's another word, ready to use. So it's like when we can't shed the past and move on in a healthy way, we, we, we forfeit being used by God. It means suitable, right? So it's like God is a rewarder of faith. And so he wants to use you for his glory. But we must have faith alive inside of us if we want to do something great for God. Suitable. It means, this is what it means. This is the Greek definition. I'm just reading it. Ready to use. Ready to use. Jesus said this. If you're looking back, you look back, you're not fit. You're stepping out of place. You can't be used. I've seen it happen time and time again. And so here are some things. I want to just give you some indicators of these things. This is what happens when we're triggered by stuff at times. And this is what happens in trial when the devil tries to tempt us. He wants to pull us back. He wants to get us out of faith. He wants to plant seeds of doubt and unbelief. He wants to plant anxiety, fear, depression. And, and that is the work of the enemy, period, okay? And these are some signs that we're living in the rearview mirror at times. These, these are signs. And, and uh, is what happens is, is we don't engage in the present like we once used to, okay? There's like this lack of engagement. Kind of check out, okay? Kind of check out, all right? Because it's like we check out because in a sense, um, for lack of a better phrase, like we're not really here. We're back there. And so we literally check out uh, emotionally, mentally. We don't engage. We've kind of lost that motivation to move forward. Here's another thing. A few more here. Let me read these quickly. We, we try to recreate a social construct that doesn't exist anymore. I've seen this happen. People are like, man, Man, I remember, man, when I, you know, and I'm talking about people walking with the Lord. And it's like, man, I had these people around me and we we're serving the Lord and we we're doing our Bible studies together. And so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so went to school and so-and-so, you know, fell away from the faith. And like, here I am. It's just me now. And, 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 and hey, those things happen. Uh, but that social construct was not what your faith should be on. Praise God for that, that season. Sometimes we need to check things off and be like, okay, that was a season. Why do we have to check it off? Because it's gone. Can I get an amen, somebody? It's gone, right? Sometimes we can look, nothing wrong. Let me reiterate this. Nothing wrong with looking back in fondness of seasons of life. In your journey with God, looking back and saying, man, that was amazing. But check it out. God's still here. God's not back there. 
and you know, God is in the both, the uh, all three. He's in past, present, and future all at the same time. So God's not stuck back there. Come on, somebody. He is doing something now. And so we, we got to press past this stuff. Um, another thing is, I've noticed this before with people, is, is that they lack the spiritual disciplines they once had. They just kind of, they just get kind of lethargic, like, you know, kind of spiritually, like lazy. They let kind of just, you know, life is just life now. I just go to work. You'd even go to church. But true, like spiritual fervor or vigor, you know, there's no passion. There's no discipline, personal discipline anymore. And so like the disruption of the past has disoriented your present. You're trying to recapture that. And, and, and with that, it's taking all your energy and you're, you just like, man, I don't have the energy to pursue God right now. And so here's some, a couple more. Um, this is another one. I've noticed this. This is very true. When we're stuck in our past, when we're kind of looking, focusing on that rearview mirror, we're not focusing on the present. Uh, we, what happens is, I've seen this, is we don't authentically connect with the current people in our world right now. We, 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 we're, we're wanting to connect to back then, but check it out, that's gone. And, and sometimes some of the same people are with you, but they've changed and grown. And you're trying to connect to them back there, but that's not who they are anymore. And we need to face the truth of where we are. And so, and so what happens is, like I said before, we become spiritually lethargic and we feel like, you know, we don't have the strength to start over, even in relationships. And I think that's sometimes what it is, is we're just like, man, I don't have time to, I ain't got the energy to build new relationships. All right. And so, um, and so here it is. Here's the kind of the last thought with kind of the signs of this is we almost feel lost. It's like, man, I, here you are in your present. You're like, man, I don't fit in here. This is different. This isn't church as I knew it. Or this isn't my church as I have known it. And I'm like, man, this is all new. It's uncomfortable. So we're almost lost in the present. Like we're hoping things will return to like the usual, like get back to normal, right? And that normal is gone. And check it out, uh, they're not going to be as it were, these people, situations, okay? But here it is, there's hope. Why? Because in God, it always gets better. But are we willing to get in the presence of God so we can see the better God has for us? So here we go. Um, there is hope, right? Um, sometimes we have to die to the things of the past because they're dead, so we have to die to them. Can I get an amen? Stop trying to resurrect something that God killed. Come on, somebody. Stop trying to resurrect something that just isn't there. Um, move on. You can in God. God's here. God's here. God is here. God is with you. Right? Leave it alone. It's over. Move on. There's something better. I'm telling you, something better. God's in and through this, like we've said time and time again all month, that there's redemption through this. There's always. Why? Because God is a redeemer. God is present. God is with you always. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
Come on, somebody. And so, so here it is. Here's my next point. Faith is always forward. In the essence of faith, it's always forward. It's always forward. It's always forward. We walk, we walk by faith, right? We don't, we don't back, we don't walk backwards. We walk. Walking is, you know what walking is? It's moving forward, right? Can I get an amen? We walk by faith. Walk, faith is movement forward. Like in life, it, this is by faith. Like think about time itself, that God created chronological time, chronos time. Think about time. Time is moving forward. Can I get an amen? Right? Like everything in this world is growing and, you know, planting and growing, moving forward. So faith is always forward. Okay? And, and here's the next point. Faith is future focused. It's, that is what faith is. Faith by nature, like, you know, Hebrews chapter 11, right? Verse one, faith is the substance of things hoped for future. The evidence of things not seen, meaning I got something in my spirit I see that isn't here yet. It's future, it's forward. Okay, and so get out of that rearview mirror. Okay, keep that rearview mirror. Take a look at it every now and again, but don't live in it and don't live through it. All right, come on, believer, rise up. All right, and so here, I want to just give you something here. And then we just got one more portion of scripture here, and then we're going to close. But let me, let me say these again. Faith is always forward and faith is future focused. Okay. All right, and so what is the answer? Like, how do I deal with this? When, because this happens to all of us. We're all going to go through trials, and we're going to be triggered, and we're going to be tempted in some way to go back. We're going to have emotions and feelings at times that feel hopeless. We're going to have moments where we are questioning where God brought us. We're going to have moments questioning God's providence questioning the will of God, right? That's, that is part of the journey. It's part of this life we're living. We're going to have those moments. So how do I, what is the answer? How do I press through those moments? How do I get into my promised land? How do I obtain what God has told me that I have yet to obtain today? And I know this is a simple answer, okay? And it's, it's like the answer. And it's, it's no mystery, but I'm gonna say this because this is so important and I really feel this in my heart to share with people today. But prayer is the answer. Getting in the presence of God is the answer. Um, get in prayer, okay? Uh, be a person of prayer, okay? Have a prayer life. Learn to pray. Pray by yourself. Pray with others. Join a prayer group. Set a prayer time. Organize a, a prayer place. Pray, pray, pray. Prayer is the answer. 
Let me say it a different way. God is always the answer. And the way we get to him, the way we fellowship with him, the way we commune with him, the way we dine with him is through prayer. All kinds of prayer. Praying at all times with all types of prayer. Pray, pray, pray. It's my encouragement to you today. Lord, you know, I, I don't see uh, what God's doing. I don't understand what, pray. Man, I'm kind of frustrated about the situation. Pray. Can't say it enough. Prayer is the answer. Prayer is the answer. Um, so important. And and I, I know sometimes um, if we're not even careful, let me just say this and then I'm going to share this verse here. But if, if we're not careful, even in our Christian life, prayer can become about needs. Like, in, in, in where prayer is just about requests. Like, and please, like, pray about those things. But um, when I speak of prayer in regards to what we're talking about today, I'm talking about communion with God, fellowship with God. Um, just praying to get in his presence, to worship him. And sometimes, you know, think about a relationship. If my relationship with my wife was only me asking her for things, I do ask her for things. She asks me for things. It's part of our relationship. But that's a, honestly, it's a small part. I want to spend time with her. And we can only go as far with God as we spend time with him. We can only go as deep in God as we spend time with him. All right? And so that's what I mean by prayers. The answer is fellowship with God, learning about him, learning to pray, and just praying for him to to get a hold of him, to talk to him, to fellowship with him, to commune with him, all right? And so if we're, if we're, if we're not careful, prayer can just be about praying about things and outcomes and continue to do that, but never at the expense of just time with God. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right, so here we go. Last verse here. We're going to share a portion of verses. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 15. All right. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Takes maturity to press on. Takes um, maturity to forget what is behind. Takes maturity to put that rear view mirror down. All right, it takes maturity. And it says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. It's a mindset. 
It's an approach toward life, right, that we need. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. And so just to kind of look at this verse a little bit, um, you know, um, saying, you know, that I may lay hold, okay? Lay hold. We're talking about like future, faith, um, forward, okay? And when we're triggered, we gotta, we gotta get our soul in line. We gotta get our emotions in line. We gotta get our body in line with God's plan for us and not get swallowed up, drown out in the trial and start reminiscing in, in an extremely unhealthy way and just losing all hope and faith and strength for, t- for today, all right? And so here we go. Let me just give you some definitions of these words here because um, these words kind of speak a lot to what we're talking about. But in, in verse 12, you know, it says lay hold. And that word means aggressively take. It's, an aggress- it's aggressive language. It means to, uh, you know, to take hold of with decisive initiative, eager, okay, to grasp something in a forceful, firm manner, making it one's own, all right? Lay hold of that which is laid hold of you, right? Lay hold of the word of God, lay hold of Jesus, lay hold of a prayer life, okay? And so, and then it goes on, it says, reaching forward, okay? says in verse 13, you know, forgetting, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, All right? Paul, I mean, this is, this is like a wrestling because he uses strong language. Why such strong language? Why aggressively take hold? Why the word here as it goes on, to talk about I press in verse 14. And here, reaching forward means to stretch oneself forward. Okay, it, it means, in this, I'm gonna read this sentence here. Um, it refers to the believer straining forward to reach the full impact of the resurrection. Hallelujah, okay? And so, um, like the scripture says, you know, weeping, may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You get that? Like like, uh, weeping is a reality and mourning is a reality and we must do that and take that moment to do that. We must, it's okay that we are saddened over what has passed, what has happened and go through that death process of things. Um, That emotion is real. But my Bible says, it says, it literally says, but, okay, do that, but joy comes in the morning. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.